Danny, this is crazy, man. You got everybody thinking that we're kissing sisters out. See, I mean, at this what, point, Danny, you're drunk. Because like, you know how you know how everybody says when you it's when you tie, it's like a brother and sister kissing. Like, no, you never heard that. You never that heard before? that? Oh, you're a wild no. bro. That's the battered way of looking at things, though, right? Because we're the battered hair on speed. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the herons are back. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 51 of the Battered Herons podcast. Another podcast, another what should have been a loss, miracle win. We're going to get into that. Then we're going to get into our next loss coming up on Saturday against the Columbus crew. But before we do, how are you doing, Mr. Christian Duran, KBD, Phil Neville lover, apologist, and all that other stuff? Listen, I mean, according to, to followers on, on Twitter, they, they think that I'm collecting checks over here. And you if might that's as well the be. case, they should pay you I'm, for the nonsense that you say. I mean, I guess, whatever. They're all clowns. <laughs> I'm still going to stay with the same thing. So, so uh, we usually record on Wednesdays, obviously, 9 o'clock. And we moved it over to Thursday because obviously that game was going on. Chris went and attended the game in person. And before we get into the actual game, how was it out there at FIU? Well, it was it was really nice. Uh, I thought it was a fun time. Uh, local, I guess, rivals. Um, it, it was the most packed that it's been, I guess, historically wise for Miami FC. Uh, the announcer stated that. So that was nice. Uh, the one thing that I brought up to you about the, the halftime show with, with all the kids from the, the little clubs, the, the little leagues, uh, that's one thing. Yeah, the academies. That's one thing I wanted to, to mention is, and and I forgot who it was that came up to me. So if you're in the chat or you're watching, uh, please you know comment so that way I can give you some recognition because you you brought up a perfect point that it's good to get the kids to recognize you know that they're our future. So I thought that that was you know really cool. Yeah, you know you brought that up to me yesterday, and um, I saw that the the little academy or. or club or whatever that my daughter used to play for the sharkies they were out there also shout out to the sharkies yes. which were out there they were out in the field um but yeah it, it was cool i saw that that they introduced all the little kids and they got a little time to shine get get on the yes. field but let's talk about uh, the the professionals on the field so the game got started and i know everybody was kind of hyped and that hype lasted all but what like was it two two and a half minutes two minutes like Be a minute before, and a half i think before they gave up that first goal to Miami FC. And it was, as you expect, our right back, not Yedlin this time, right? This time it was uh, McVeigh got caught out of position. He had a catch up. No, no, uh, no luck. They got Yedlin Sailor. Got beat. Yeah. And then right. he crossed over Sailor. Then he beat yeah. Drake near post. And um, it was, <laughs> you know what? I, as soon as that happened, I told myself, I am so glad that I'm not there right now. Because I would have been so pissed if I took a weekday to go and witness Miami get scored on that fast. We all said it's a six-game losing streak. Miami has to come out and completely dominate if they want any chance to make Inter-Miami fans feel just even a little bit better. And they did as bad. It was as bad of a start as you could possibly have without being scored on in the very first possession. Like at that point, what are you thinking? Because I know that you were thinking, what was it? You predicted, was it 3-4-0? Yes, At that it was point, like what are you thinking? Well, what I mean, when thinking? I when I was watching it and, and the, the goal happened in the first two minutes, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a disaster, mm -hmm. right? I mean, the, you got some some schmuck that's bagging groceries at the local grocery store. Now, nah, don't don't that's, disrespect him. He, he he had a nice move. He he cut it back. It inside. was a nice move. He but beat, according to beat. everybody, we're playing like these low leaguer guys. So if we're gonna if we're gonna lamp base them. Yeah, we're playing La Rana Furniture, some guy that does the checkout, right? If you're trying to buy a couch, that's the guy that just scored a goal on us, right? Whatever. Well, we should be. But that's how bad we looked because, look, that, look, like I said, that play was nice the way he cut it back in and beat Drake near post. And I honestly thought that that should have been a save by Drake, but he beat one of our – is he not our best player? Now that I think about it, up until this moment, he is probably our best player. He is one of the best goalies in the league. So he yeah. earned that. So give him his credit. Don't say he's bagging groceries. All right. I mean, but that's what they're calling him. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's saying that we beat the, you know, we barely lost to guys that are like in college or whatever. Like, whatever. 
at the end of the day, I thought it was a phenomenal game. It was a fun game. Obviously, I thought it was phenomenal because we won. What? All right. Oh. I mean, and in terms of like fun, you know, the environment, it was cool. The performance was not great. But I have a question for you, Danny. When it comes to <laughs> co when it comes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What when I it comes to Steve Munoz's uh, uh, comment, just real quick for the people listening on audio, Steve Munoz said we regressed from last season against Hialeah Wrexham. That was beautiful. That that's that's first comment of the day. Already the best comment of the day. Go ahead. No, I mean for sure. I think that they're probably laundering cocaine money through this team, but oh, that's sure. neither here nor there. I don't know. I don't right? know how they're still. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. What are you saying, Chris? But so at the end of the day, when I was watching this game, I thought to myself. I don't understand what do the fans need in order for them to change the scope and say we won because of Phil Neville, right? What needs to happen like for the coach are you, are you to be able to get that turn? Because if the players, if the players are not playing great, right? Like in mm -hmm. the last game, not this one against Miami FC, but the game okay. before that, where we had 20 yes. plus attempts, Shots, right? Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. People people were actually thinking that it was all Phil Neville's fault. This last game, we get scored on in the first two minutes. Oh, Phil Neville, we're going to body him, right? But, like, mm -hmm. what does Phil Neville really have to do with getting scored on in the first two minutes off of a defensive back error? Like, come on. Uh, uh, well, uh, Facebook well, people, well, get out of here. No, because the thing is, that's not fair. Because what happens there is that we say, okay, that was a defensive error. That's not his fault. Although it's happened so often, at some point he has to take accountability. But okay, that's fine. Let's say that, that that wasn't his fault. But as an MLS team, you're supposed to beat, and in some cases, when it's one of the Conquer. worst US, well, well, when it's one of the worst USL teams, you need to beat convincingly, right? So Inter Miami should have at least looked good, like not lucky. They should have looked good, and they did no such thing. They got scored on. They were down 1-0. And what happened for the following, what, 85 minutes? Nothing. Yeah. I don't, I don't, did they well, have a, lot a of shot pressure. on goal? Especially did in the second. A, especially in the second half. Be, it's the same crap that happens every week. We, we have a lot of possession. Yeah. We pass the ball from left to right, back to left. Go up the flank, cross it in. No such luck. Connecting with five-foot Joseph Martinez with the header? Of course not. Okay, let's try it again. Let's go back out. Let's try the right flank now. Let's center it now. Oh, he still can't get the ball because he's only five foot tall? Damn it. Let's try it again. And it's the same crap over and over again. I think what needs to happen is that Phil Neville needs to try something new. After the I, game, they asked, hey, so uh, what's going on with the, with your strategy here? What's, what's, he's like, well, you know, we should have scored in Houston on some of those crosses, a.k.a., hey, I'm going to keep crossing the ball. Because that's all I want this team to do. And even though it hasn't worked and didn't even work against Miami FC, we're just going to keep doing it. Even though that is how they ended up scoring eventually, right? Yes. That is how they eventually started scoring. But like, you can't keep relying on the same crap that isn't working. Listen. And I, and I, I want to give credit real quick before you go to Pizarro. Because on that first goal, I wonder if it was Drake or the center back. That gave it to Pizarro, and he saw some open field, and he ran it right down, and, and he pushed the ball straight yeah. up, laid it off to Mota, and Mota's the one that took that shot, hit off the post, and then we got the corner, and then you know eventually we ended up getting that goal on the next possession there too. Yeah, but Pizarro is, and it's crazy to say because before the season started, who would have thought that anybody would be saying this? But Pizarro is our most effective player on the field. He is the one that's constantly pushing us forward. And I would have never thought that before the game or before the season started. What were you going to say, Chris? Well, what I was going to tell you was is, and I want to get to the point that you that you want to get to next, right? Mm -hmm. Hashtag Neville out. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I'm not. I'm still not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not at the platform. I'm not at the train stop. I'm not. I'm not there yet. I, like I said in the last podcast, I think you got to give him at least until the next home game. Because Columbus, we're gonna get dick kicked anyway. So I mean, but, but, point, no, but but if he wants to save his job, he has to figure out how not to lose to Columbus. Like as a manager, you have to win some games. You're gonna play against good teams. It happens, you know. That every once in a while, you play a good team. Every once in a while, you play against a USL team. You should beat them. They shouldn't have won yesterday. 
And then that Yedlin own goal. What the hell was that? That was kind of a disaster. And it seems to me that, and you know, there's plays that Yedlin does that where he does that little tippy tap back to uh, Drake. So that way he can kind of collect the ball. And that was just a, a matter of seconds where he just did that. And you could see the soul leaving his body when that happens. Well, because, saved his ass. Yeah, yeah. No, Sailor saved all of our asses. And especially Phil Neville's because Phil Neville, apparently, he would have been leaving in a body bag if that was the case, if we would have lost. So, Well, since you were in the game, how, how was the mood there after Yedlin hit that own goal? Because at that point, it's like the Wanderers. Oh, no, it was drained. At, it was drained. At that point, yeah. At that point, you thought the game was over. I thought the game was over. It was drained from the stadium. because And, and funny thing is, is that it felt like a home game. When the PKs came up, Everybody was booing the hell out of every Miami FC kicker. And I felt so bad because here we are in their little measly uh, sharing field, a.k.a. FIU Stadium. And they think that they're there with this home advantage and they're five and a half people from, you know, uh, playing their drums or whatever. And everybody is just booing the hell out of them. And look at this. It's, It's true. You know, Cafecito, you're on the money. Phil does owe Sailor a lobster dinner, but too bad. He sent the lobster dinner to me because I'm on the dime, okay? All right, so recapping. We played against the USL team that we both said needed to get dominated. We needed to show – we needed to look impressive. I think although we had like 75% possession, we did anything but look impressive. I think we didn't create chances. I think all we did was cross and pray. And it worked out once or twice, actually, because it works for Sailor. But that's all we did. And then we went to penalty kicks with this team. And I, I really, I was really disappointed. I thought it was a disaster, honestly. I, I honestly thought it was a disaster. I thought it could have been obviously a lot worse if we would have lost. Could worse. This is as bad as it gets with, without losing, I think. Um, and I don't think Phil did himself any favors. I saw how happy he was. And I understand because he didn't lose. But I saw how happy he was after the game. And good for him because I'm sure he hear, hears us talking about how we want him out. And up until yesterday, I was, remember, I told you, I was right in the middle. I kind of want him out, but at the same time, I kind of want to give him a chance. It's not fair. After that shit that I saw yesterday, I don't want to see him anymore. I don't want to see him anymore. And and I'm almost 100% sure that if we lose against Columbus, I don't think that he makes it to Miami on May 6th. I think he gets the boot maybe Sunday, maybe Saturday night. I don't think Sunday. So they're not even, they're not even paying a flight for him to come back. Why for? Let's buy buy him a flight back to London or where, Manchester. He does. What, what does he need to do in Miami? I think it might be more expensive from Ohio than it would be from Florida. But I mean, I don't know. What do I know? Okay, catch a connecting flight in New York. He'll be fine. I, that guy. <laughs> if they lose to Columbus, absolutely no reason for him to come back to Miami. I mean, but Columbus isn't a pushover. Like Columbus, remember? But how Miami we had, FC was. I mean, but and we we didn't lose and we oh. didn't tie. So we kind of won, right? We you know, won. You know, what, you know what the worst part is? You know where there's only three teams in all of MLS that hasn't had one fucking tie? We're one of three teams that hasn't tied. It's either, no, actually, it's not win or lose. We just lose. That means we, we don't we, like. some miracle, we won the first two games. Again, and I'm not going to go over it because I've said it a million times, those lucky four goals that we got. Let me know. Okay. Lucky first two goals and then brilliant other two goals and then since yeah. then in the last what is it seven games six games we scored two goals in six games two goals in six games and they were both in the second half of that chicago game we've looked like complete crap crap well, I, how I do mean, you think that how do you how do you want phil neville to keep his job i don't understand chris listen we won poppy like i don't know what to tell you like <laughs> i mean it is what it is bro like it's either we're really really bad or we're really really good. I guess it's okay. When are to... we really good? We're not. We're, we're never that. We're never good. Hey, the first two games, everybody was on a ring. I came on here after that first game and I said I didn't like our offense. I didn't think it was impressive. We made love to one oh. ball with our hips and scored everybody. that way. And, and what was everybody the other was one? Oh. on a everybody was on a cocaine high those first two weeks. So let's because not even didn't play give up around. A goal. All right, fine. After the first two, yes, we're like, okay, we were two and oh. Finally, we started off hot. Now let's keep it going. But it, it went to hell. And what I think is that they need a fresh voice because you know what we else look like need? crap and we need a fresh voice. And you know what else they need? 
they need tickets to the next round at the U.S. Open because we won against Miami FC. So how about that, right? So zip it up, Facebook. Oh, brother. All right, you know what we could use? We could use a, a word for Nancy is what we could use. That's what Columbus got, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're happy with him because he did wonders in Montreal last year, and now he's in Columbus. He's got that high-powered offense, and we get to face that high-powered offense. And before we bring in our special guest, uh, which is Tyler from the Wise Men Podcast, let me just say that our defense hasn't given up a lot of goals this year, but it's not because our defense is really good. It's because they feel bad for us. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that they just feel bad for us and they just don't attack because once they score that first goal, they just hold that low block and then just like, yeah, go ahead, pass. There's a reason why. We average like 65% possession every game because they're like, go ahead, play around. Because they the want ball. everybody to play hot potato go with go the ahead, soccer ball. Play with the ball. You can't break us down. We already got the lead and that's it. But I don't think that's happening with Columbus. I think Columbus is going to come for blood. And I'm looking forward to see how we look with that. With that said, I'd like to welcome in our special guest, Tyler from the Wise Man Podcast. How are you doing, Tyler? Oh man, it's it's a great great honor to be here. I'm doing all right. How are you guys? We're doing great. I mean, I'm lying. I'm doing horrible. We just won. But... We just won. So I mean, I look. I, I'm 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 chilling. I'm chill. I mean, we got Don Cavacito here telling me to stop being a contrarian. Last time I checked, we got a dub in the in the in the column in the win column. So let's get it. Anyway, so we're talking about how we probably need a new manager. I predict that if we lose this game. We will have a new manager next week. An interim, Jason Christ probably. And then after that, we'll see who we hire. Uh, but you guys have your own new manager, Wilfred Nancy from Montreal. And uh, how's that working out for you guys eight games into the season? Um, I mean, the the first game of the season against Philadelphia, uh, we got on the board early. Things were looking bright and positive, And then all of a sudden, it just crashed. But, I mean, 4-3-2 uh, through – a uh, couple of games this season, fifth in the East, three one and one in our last five with 18 goals scored. Uh, so far, a 301 home record. Uh, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, last year at this time, we were probably sitting in, in 10th, probably bottom of the table with Caleb Porter. But you see things have changed with the direction Wilfrey Nancy has taken his team. And uh, it's it's kind of it's looking positive over here. Well, Caleb Porter is, is and I mean, I'm obviously, into Miami, I'm going to reference back to us. Caleb Porter is very similar to Neville as is he's very, um, he was right, was very rigid with his his formations. He, no flexibility in his game plans. Where with Nancy, he's a lot more creative. So that's what we're going through. And tell us, how nice is it to have a manager that has some creativity? Uh, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of almost like a, a whole new team. It's like I don't know who this team is anymore. You know, Columbus last year, everybody got used to Columbus playing a four-two-three-one. All right, we know Zellerand's going to be here. We know who the four backs are. We know who the two defensive mids are. All right, we can. This is easy. With Nancy and the way his approach is, it's unpredictable, right? Because you can go from a three-five-two and transition to a, a three-four-two-one uh, within the blink of an eye. And the flexibility that he has with these guys is, you know, they can play anywhere almost. And they have, they're young and they're quick. We have a mix of older guys and newer guys and younger guys. But the flexibility and creativity that he had in Montreal is just kind of uh, transition over here to Columbus. It's almost kind of like the same thing. And Montreal, they, they ended up, was it second in the East last year? Now, I understand that they lost. Oh. Let's say two of their key players, maybe one or two key players, even though they, they kept the majority of their team. So we thought that they wouldn't take that far of a step back. They're the second worst team in the league right next to us. Like, the, and everybody's saying it's the loss of the manager because Montreal sucks almost as bad as us. And, and it's, it's basically everybody's saying it's because of the manager. And, and what, and what, and one thing I want to mention, just so you know, Ty, I respect Columbus crew way more than any other team in Ohio. And I made that extremely clear because Columbus crew is probably one of my other favorite teams that's in the Eastern conference. 
So to see what what's going on right now is kind of crazy. And you you know you you talked about you know the how Montreal just kind of hit the hit kind of hit rock bottom. The the relationship that he's built with with the guys. Um, when I go to trainings on during the week, uh, the team doesn't do anything except as soon as they get out, they start uh, you know high fiving each other, high fiving the coaching staff, the training. Uh, the technical staff, the trainers, you know, he's built a camaraderie with the team and his his staff. And it's just a pleasant sight to see because last year it was just, all right, they're kicking the ball around. All right, now let's get into practice. Uh, it's not like that this year. Now, you said that you guys have – how many goals in the last few games? The last five games, was it 18? Uh, we scored 18 goals so far this season. And – Kucho hasn't been around for a lot of those. No, he's yeah. missed, uh, I believe, the last six. And was that that he, what was that he injured? Uh, his knee. And he's coming around just in time for us, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kucho played the first 45 last night against Indy 11. Um, almost nailed a tremendous bicycle kick. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, it was, the roof would have absolutely collapsed off of lower.com had he made, had he made that, but yeah, he's coming around. Um, Nancy did say that he was, he was impressed with the way he played last night. Um, but you know, they're still going to evaluate. They don't want to rush him into, into this weekend, but he might start, he might come off the bench. We, we, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see on Saturday. Well, here's an admission I have for all our listeners. Cucho is actually my favorite player in the league. Now, Mm. see that right there? Del Portillo Pereira. We just won our first championship. He is from Pereira. He used to play for this team. And I, when I found out that he was linked to the MLS, I was hoping and praying that he would end up with us. He ended up with Columbus. So although I don't want to see you guys win on Saturday, obviously, I'd love to see him do well. He scored when he, they played down here. I saw him. He they scored. He ran over to, to a bunch of people that I wish I had this jersey out there. And, uh, man, I, I love Cucho. I, I know Zelarian said that his goal this year is for him to win the golden boot. Missing six games, he's starting behind the in a hole, I guess you could say, because he's going to be behind a bit. But um, but yeah, Cucho is Cucho to me is is, is amazing. Um, well, I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you this much that the one thing that scares me is the goal differential that the Columbus Crew has. They're they're the highest in goal differential in the Eastern Conference. They have a difference of eight goals, so they're actually pretty good on defense too. So that that kind of sucks for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our, our, our defense is is actually pretty stout um there was uh one point in time uh when we played the red bulls some of our our center backs kind of got too high uh, and we ended up losing that game two to one but um the with the back three of Degenick, uh morera and philip quentin um i mean they're just they're stout they're like they're hammering every tackle cleanly um clear clearing balls out everywhere they're probably one of the best defensive back three in the league if not the best and that is a weakness of ours when you can jam or 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 kind of clog up that box area i mean all we do is cross so i mean it's going to be quite the mission trying to break you guys down obviously but um uh, so you, I know you were talking about tactics a little earlier. So what formation is that you guys usually play? I know that he's very flexible and creative, and you guys kind of just switch within the game. But usually when you come out, what what, what formation is that you guys come out in? Uh, normally a 3-4-2-1. Um, okay. We have uh, Alex Matan and Zellarion playing uh, almost like a, a dual 10, a dual 10 role with mm-hmm. uh, Ramirez on top. Um, and then in four midfielders, we have, uh Zawatsky sometimes um Darlington obviously um and then we have Mo Farsi uh who is a young guy coming up from crew two uh he played uh, some first team games last year now has a contract with the first team um and then uh back three obviously with Patrick Schulte who also was with crew two last year now playing with the first team um vying for that starting spot over Aloy Rim I'll tell you that much but normally a three four two one, but again, depending on situation, it can translate to a three five two. Uh, well, uh, I just want to mention—I just want to mention this comment real quick, Danny. I know it's a little late, but better late than never. I don't know how to feel about that Miami FC win. It took penalties to beat uh, 
a USL team. I, I, I'd like to ask how you feel about that, but uh, Mr. Krabs, if you want to know, catch the show a little earlier because Danny is pretty upset about it. Yeah, Chris is happy about it, but whatever. I'm not happy. I didn't say I'm happy. I'm just telling you we got the win, bro. Like, I don't know what to tell you. That's what – look, I, I Googled it, and it said, did we win the game? And it, and Google told me, yeah, you won the game, guy. Like, and it doesn't get any clearer than that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for, right. I mean, for what it's worth, we went 83 minutes without scoring against Indy 11 until we finally got one, and we ended up winning one nothing. but, I mean – 83 minutes against an Indy 11 is pretty hard. But you know what? Uh, I'm going to tell you something, Tyler. If we, because oh. we did this last year, we beat now Miami he's, now FC. He's now he's rolling. We, we beat <laughs> Miami FC 1 0 last year, and we scored in like the 86th, 87th minute last year. We won 1 0, and I was like, cool. Close game. It happens. We got out of here, and, and you know, we'll move on to the next round of the U.S. Open. The issue is, that in the last six weeks before this, we are winless and we have two fucking goals. Two. Listen, but this in might six be six motherfucking games. But this might be the beautiful start of the cardiac herons 2.0, like last year, Bobby. <laughs> All right. All right. Going back to Columbus. I can't I can't deal with this anymore. All right. Uh so. Now, we usually like to ask, uh, you know, opposing, because obviously you know, obviously, your, your team a lot better than I do. We're hopeful for you to name a weakness on this team that we can start trying to get optimistic about, that we can be like, okay, maybe we have some hope. What What's the weakness that you would say that the Columbus crew have? Um, well, given the fact that they might have actually just uh, cleaned this up <laughs> after the Red Bull game, um, sometimes their center backs get caught too high. Right, and they kind of leave the open space between each other for through balls, um, uh, quick counterattacks. Um, mm-hmm. Some at the beginning of the season, uh, and most recently, uh, I think it was the excuse me, I think it was the um, DC game. Uh, they have a tendency to relax after about the first twenty minutes. They're hammering the, the opposition with possession. You know, shots on goal corner kicks, you know, free kicks, whatever it might be, and then have a tendency to kind of relax uh, after 20 minutes and then soak up the soak up the possession that the other team is is putting on them. Um, and then it happens very minimal, but giving the opposition possession in the midfield um, is definitely something that uh, is something to look out, keep an eye on, but mm-hmm. it's very lackluster. Um, these last two three games well i guess i guess it's a good thing that we basically got janitors playing the midfield so you don't have nothing to worry about there i mean you know if if the midfield is going to be the weakest point then danny i mean uh, we're good we're cooked well dixon arroyo he played his first game for us last guy got here like five minutes ago no, and not right. last night. I'm sorry. Two days, two games. Or he's played two games now. Yeah, technically, I know. Yeah, he's I'm played, exaggerating. So he's played two games. So I don't want to, you know, call him a scrub just quite yet. Mota, it has more freedom to, to move to press the ball up. We have Pizarro, yeah. which is playing well as a ten. Um, yes. You know, I look. I had no doubt. Like, whether you tell me Columbus gives up possession or not, I had no doubt that we're going to dominate the ball for like 65, 70 percent of the game. Because once you guys score, because you said you pound early. And mm-hmm. then you lax. That's literally been our last six games. They pound us early. They get the score. And then they play the low block. And they just let us keep the possession passing back and forth. I have no doubt that this game ends 1-0. And that we end up with like 75% possession. I have no doubt with it. Because that's what the blueprint has been over the last six weeks. And that's that's what it was basically last night also. Well, then, at least for us, I would have to imagine that Pizarro would have to take a little bit more control, a little bit more aggressiveness in his play instead of, you know, lollygagging and passing it to the outside and we cross once again, cross once again. But if that's what Nathan Neville keeps telling him to do, what else is he supposed to do? Yeah, but, I mean, like you said, Pizarro came and pushed it up from, like, back there, right? And that's something that a lot of people saw. You know, a lot of people saw that and they said, whoa, now we got Pizarro. Yeah. He's playing aggressive. Right. He, he, yeah, he got that going. But then what happened? That was awesome. 
We scored. We tied the game. Then we went to extra time. Cross and pray. Cross and pray. Yeah, cross yeah. and pray. Cross and pray. It's like, come look, on, man. We got Matthew kicking in here. I mean, look at this tie. We're losing 4-0. <laughs> we have absolutely no opportunity to walk away with any dignity in this place. Matthew, I promise you that if Columbus wanted to put up four, they probably could. But again, it's going to be like the last six games where they're going to score on us. They're going to score on us the first 30 minutes. You guys will have one. And then you guys are just going to drop back and just let us hold the possession. This is what's going to happen. I mean, to be fair, none of us none of us here in Columbus predicted a 6-1 win over Atlanta United after going up one nothing at halftime and then all of a sudden putting up five in the second half. None of us predicted that. Just saying. Look, no, if, if, if there's a team that could put up some goals, it's you guys. And you know what? If it gets Phil Neville out, let Kucho score six goals. I don't care. That's <laughs> so my favorite player anyway. A- He's Let him get the tr- golden boot. I I don't want us to lose, but if we're gonna lose, make it look bad enough to where Neville loses his job and Kucho gets the golden boot. I'm happy. Whatever. I <laughs> said that. I said that two podcasts ago, and you and everybody killed me about if we're gonna lose, let's lose because big. At that point, I still wanted Phil Neville to figure this out. At this point, I don't want him to have. I don't want it to be one zero and then be like, but you saw Mota. It hit the post. If it would have just been one foot over, you would have scored. But you oh, see, that's what I said. Did you see Pizarro? No, I don't want that anymore. I, and that's what I said two podcasts ago in the last game that we played. I basically mentioned the same thing. I don't want there to be any hope. I want there to be absolutely but, zero hope. And now we blow this whole team up. But the have like a, I have was... like a, we have like a, like a, like a public tryout and everything. The reason I'm saying it is because. I want Kucha to win the golden boot. And because I want there to be no doubt. I don't want there to be any defense for keeping Neville anymore. It's ridiculous what he's doing with this team. And even if you don't think that it's fully him, we need a new voice in that locker room. Like, I don't care. Yes. You want to know how things, Tyler, you want to know how bad things have gotten for Inter-Miami? Please, please tell me because I'm dying. I'm going to tell you how bad. <laughs> Yesterday, we were ready to go to the game. And we, we play outside of Miami. We play in Fort Lauderdale, and we had to drive down to Miami. Things got so bad that our bus decided not to work for us, and we ended up having to carpool. You had professional soccer players in a 15-car caravan driving down traffic, rush hour, five to a car. Like, I can imagine that. that that's our a- team. I can imagine that they're just asking each other, like, you got five bucks for gas? <laughs> So I said, I mean, I'm sure he was up. joking, but Borgelin said that he had to catch a ride because he couldn't take his car because he didn't have enough gas. Now, we had that gas what shortage. Are we doing? What are we, we doing had that with gas shortage. Money, bro? Could you imagine if this would have happened last week when there was no gas in Broward? <laughs> what would we have done? Would he have forfeited? Oh, yeah, for sure. We would have lost. We would have really we lost. It would have felt better. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That's so it, it's, it's, it's a disaster. All right. Uh, <laughs> Tyler, so I, I know we asked you for uh, your weaknesses. I'm kind of curious what the strengths of this team are. I'm assuming it's the attacking with uh, Zelarayana and, and Kucho. Uh, what exactly would you say is the strength of this team? Well, the one thing that I noticed early was we invite pressure. So our center backs and the midfielders, will, we will hold the ball and invite pressure. And then it's I don't want to call it tiki-taka, but it's almost like tiki-taka. Pass, pass, pass. Next thing you know, we make a, a line-breaking pass and we're on a counterattack. Um, passing is definitely the one biggest strength that we have. Uh, wing play. Um, we like to play – we like to get our wingers, our uh, wing backs actually, um, free. So they're like heels to the touchline, but, you know, there's a defender about 20 yards away and then all of a sudden they're – you know, charging in from the left or right side of the penalty area with six, seven offensive players in the box, it's it's pretty pretty lethal. Um, advancement out of tight areas. Uh, we saw it last night. We were pinned in our own corner, and Stephen Moreira between him and Patrick Schultz, uh, not Patrick Schultz, the Evan Bush, a uh, couple passes here and there, and all of a sudden we just break through break through the three defenders of Indy Eleven and start a counterattack there. Um, and then our, obviously I've said it again, counterattacks. Uh, I can't recall how many counterattacks we had, uh, against new England, but I mean, 
we've had several counterattacks that are dangerous and they end up in corners or free kicks. And and the thing that scares me about everything that you just said is that our 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 left and right backs push up so much. And now that I imagine that Phil is like trying to apply even more pressure, center backs are going to be pushing up even more. And you guys at some point are just going to catch us with our pants down. It and there's be more nothing we're going to be able to do about it. Yeah, it's I, it, I have it a feeling it's going to be a destroying battle. Because the thing I, is, the way the way Neville plays, I kind of wish he would kind of go with you guys. Three in the back so that your wing backs have a little more liberty to go push up high. Yeah. But we don't do that. We play with four in the back, and we use our full backs as wing backs, and they're all the way up high. And we just get caught on the counterattacks down the flanks, and we 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 get punished. Kai yeah. Kamara's he's how old is he? Like fifty seven, and he just basically a counterattack all by himself to, to to win the game against us late in the second half, ninety second minute or whatever, because Yelling was caught up in the midfield. Like it's ridiculous what they do to us. I'm sorry. Yeah, Tyler, it, it's oh no, you're fine, you're fine. No, it's it's definitely a, a different sight to see. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's it's kind of heart it's kind of like a, a heart attack moment at sometimes because you know our center backs are so hot are so high up patrick schulte so far up also like he he's probably at the at the midway line if not into the into the offensive zone of columbus that's how high he is but that is also one of the the biggest strengths is that once the once opposition clears we get it right back and it's right back and start over right back again i mean if that if that is something if that's any indication to you guys you guys might be spending a lot of time on defense tomorrow <laughs> or on saturday my bad <laughs> it's gonna be bad <laughs> all right so uh i know uh, i mean mls fans and, and inter Miami fans in general are are um are well versed on cucho nagby salarian but are there any players that you feel like are going to be like a, a well, noticed around the league at least, right? That should be get, get some recognition that maybe we're going to be hearing a little more about as maybe the season goes on or maybe in a year or two? Um, I mean, the first one is obvious. Lucas Zellerion, four games, two assists in eight games. Um, yeah, yeah. Alex Matan, uh, one goal, four assists in, in five games that he's played. Uh, Mo Farsi, two assists in nine games, played and got his first career. Uh, pro goal last night, um, but he has an eighty-six percent passing percentage. Um, and then, it, was was he the 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 one that refused the MLS two contract and kind of bet on himself in preseason and then got a an actual MLS contract? Or am I thinking? Cause I know somebody on your team kind of said that he didn't want an MLS two contract and then signed the regular contract. No, okay, I thought that was him. And now, Ty, you, you ended up going on a firing list, just bang, bang, bang. But I'm talking oh, I have, about I have one more. We're talking about, but we, I want one guy, that one guy that's on your roster, that that guy is the kind of guy you could see, like, in the Premier League. Like, he is going to be something that we have to legitimately worry about. Aiden Morris. Look and 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 right here, Matthew mentioned that Aiden Morris is a baller. Yep, and he wants and he wants to get blown out of the water just so Phil can be <laughs> out of here. So tell us a little bit about Aiden Morris because we had somebody like that, and uh, the organization ended up trading Bryce Duke over to Montreal so he could freeze his balls off. So Aiden Morris is probably the most legit midfielder in the league. Um, I mean, he is just. He's everywhere. Um, he's not afraid to, you know, go in on tackles. He's constantly battling, getting the ball back, dispossessing opposition. Um, he has a 93 passing percentage. He has three goals and one assist in nine. His goal is his goal. Personal goal was four goals and four assists uh, this season. So he's on track to beat that. Um, but he's there. Were, I can't. I, was, I think it was the uh, Atlanta game. I can't remember which one it was, but. He got to end up getting a brace and it was the most electrifying moment because you've seen him in uh, the 2021 CONCACAF uh, Champions League. Uh, he tears his ACL. He's out for the entire season. He comes back in, in 22, 
has a great season, but now he's absolutely at the peak of his game uh, in this year in 2023. He is, if he does not get a Europe call in, I say by the end of the season, uh, then I'm happy because we get to have him for like another year. He just signed a contract <laughs> extension. Um, but if that is the one person that is looking, that teams over in Europe are looking at, it's Aiden Morris. He is a lethal threat in the midfield, and he can absolutely just dominate anybody and anything that stands in his way. And uh, my understanding is that he's he's come on and said that his goal is to play in Europe eventually. Um, I I think so. I think it was about I think it was last year, if I can recall correctly. He he does want to play he does want to play overseas, but uh, with this contract extension he just signed, I I hope we keep him for uh, the extension of that before he uh, goes to Europe. You're gonna say something, Chris? Well, and 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 if I could just throw, yeah, if I could just throw something in here, um, Aiden Morris basically is ranked 69 on FIFA, so he's pretty close to a silver. Just to just to give you some backstory here, Ty, uh, I'm not <laughs> huge into soccer. I'm just getting into this world, so I reference a lot to FIFA uh, because it's just easier. It's either a sil- a gold, it's gold, silver special card or you're a terrible bronze yeah you guys already you guys have like he is a 69 on fifa and uh and and you guys already have three gold guys so i'm already terrified as we speak (laughs) (laughs) so before we get into the prediction time before we get into prediction time uh i kind of we like to ask everybody what the what the game day experience is like over there in columbus uh, how's the supporters group? Are there any like uh, rituals or, or traditions that you guys have? Is it tailgating? Like how how's the game day over there? So <clears throat> last year we we had a march to the match every home game. Okay. Uh, the first oh, nice. one against New England when we opened up Lower Dockham Field. Or sorry, twenty twenty one, I believe. Is that is is the stadium located like in downtown or is it in a rural area? It's downtown Columbus, yep, Arena okay. District to be exact. Um, when we opened up the stadium in 2021, um, our biggest march was uh, against New England when we, our home opener, our second home opener of, the, of that season, uh, we took up the entire Nationwide Boulevard Road. <clears throat> but this year, uh, tailgates, um, tailgate in the North Lot, um, presented by uh, Black Flag Social Club, they're a uh, uh, supporters group in the Nordeca. They have uh, tailgates. They have theme tailgates every home game. Um, I think yes. I think the last one was a pirate theme tailgate. Uh, so like people dress up and the... stuff. Yeah. 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 Mm. Oh no. Sorry. Last one was the nineties. Nineties tailgate. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It was. It was nineties theme night at the stadium. So I mean, why not, right? Yeah. Um, and then there. What's really cool actually is about. 45 minutes to kick off the team arrive on a bus and enter in the west lobby and they allow fans to line up on nationwide boulevard and up columbus crew way to welcome in the team and so they they all get off the bus they're all wearing the same outfit um right there at the west and west lobby and they just get off and there's you know our supporters group drumming singing uh flags waving welcoming the team into lower.com field so that's definitely a cool tradition that, that I cool. I hope everybody gets to experience once. Um, but other than that, it's just um, tailgating. Um, there's every restaurant and bar there has deals on game days. So people pack so, restaurants and bars. Yeah, because you're in downtown. So there's a lot of bars that I'm sure that they get visited. So it's not just tailgating. You can go to the, to the surrounding bars and stuff also. Yep, definitely. That's nice. We had we had Cincinnati on uh, a couple weeks ago, and they were telling us that there's really not much tailgating there at all. And I mean, I'm assuming maybe you've gone to Cincinnati, but there's, there's like a ton of bars out there. So that over there, it's not really tailgating; it's just like the bar scene right before the games. Well, for one, it's Cincinnati. First of all, nothing nothing <laughs> good happens in Cincinnati. Oh, I'm about to say I'm not sure what that means, but okay. <laughs> Nothing good happens. I feel I feel what that means. I, I kind of felt it also, but <laughs> um, <laughs> clarification. Yeah, no. Um, but I mean, it's the where TQL Stadium is located. There really isn't much tailgating because it's in West End and not yeah. like a good area like Columbus's. Um, 
So, I mean, that makes sense. But it's not just not because I'm knocking Cincinnati, but just because the location of it isn't as prominent as Columbus, gotcha. in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. It's okay. You could talk about them. We don't care. <laughs> I like Columbus better anyway. So, like, who cares? I don't like their goalie either. Uh, but no, it's it's definitely a an experience um, because if you think about it, we've had a couple of of uh, of all three events happening at one time. We've had a baseball game, we've had a hockey game, and we've had a, a Columbus Crew game happening at one time because our stadiums are lined up one, two, and three. We have Nationwide Arena for hockey, uh, Huntington Park for AAA baseball, Columbus Crew Stadium. Oh, AAA. I was like, what baseball team plays in Columbus? Okay, AAA, got it. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the uh, Guardians. AAA yeah, yeah. Guardians. But yeah, so they're lined up all three. And then we've had some times where all three just happen at like 530 and 730. And it's just jam-packed. Now there's a couple. There's a couple. What, well, Danny? Go ahead before I bring up some no, of the questions I, I, in the chat. Okay. Yeah. Just real quick before you get to the questions. Um. I had a question for you as far as Chris brought up goalies. Uh, your goalie missed the first game of the year because he got found with contraband in his car. Is that correct? So, uh, if there, uh, he a crackhead? No, he looks like he looks like he walks around with contraband. <laughs> no, it, yes, was, he didn't play game was, one for it, though. So I don't know. There was something. Uh, there was a problem with his uh, with his green card with his visa. I can't remember. I think it was his visa. It happened so long ago. It just blanked my mind. But yeah, so he missed the first game of the season. Um, got it was uh problems with his uh visa, his green card because of that. Um, but then he eventually got it cleared up and was able to play uh, against DC. Uh, was it DC? I think, yeah, I think it was DC United for the home opener. Chris, we got a chance. Their, their goalie's a crackhead. Yeah, we do have a chance, my friend, for sure. <laughs> I'm joking. To, to, I'm <laughs> well, to, well, to be fair, this is also neat. Uh, he was not in training today. So I, there's, it, I'm, it's looking like it's going to be Patrick Schulte in there on Saturday. But don't quote me on that. I'm just saying it's, he was not, apparently he was not in training today. Uh-oh. What questions was it that they had, Chris? So when, a couple questions here. I'll get to Matthews first. He was first up in line. Do you all still have the jackhammer? Yes, the jackhammer actually got moved from the corner of the stadium to the uh, front of the Nordeca. So, yes, we do still have the jackhammer. And, and for those listening, watching, and for me that has no idea what you're talking about, what is the jackhammer? So, after every goal is scored, well, what happens is there's uh, cinder blocks. And okay. they are they're painted black, but they have the opposition's logo on them. Uh, so, every time, so, every time that there's a goal scored, uh, we have a couple guys who like jackhammer the, the cinder blocks. And then after the games, they get put on a wall with a, with a little plaque that has the goal scorer, what minute they scored in against two. And they're lined up on a, uh, oh, that's really cool. on a wall inside the stadium. That that's- is one of the best things I've heard Thank coming you. out. Of that, that, is, that is awesome. That is Do they have it for like the history of the team or is it just for like for this season we keep it and then we start a new one next season? So it started It started uh, when we opened up the stadium against okay. New England in 2021. Okay. I okay. think all those are still there. Actually, okay. if anybody on here watching has um, MLS season pass, there is a uh, there's like a feature on it on MLS season pass on our on our club profile. Um, I highly suggest oh, watching that. I'm it's, to check it's, that out. It's very I cool. That, listen, you just blew my mind, Ty. That is <laughs> legitimately the way you explained it. It is legitimately one of the best ideas that yeah. I've heard come out in terms of like an MLS. And you know what? It's crazy because the 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 hype behind the MLS now. A lot of people are starting to get into American soccer, and they're, we're trying to pump the MLS up. And and that's the whole thing about having podcasts out there and what we do is trying to be able to bolster this up is things like that need to happen. So that way, not only people like us who are going to the games, but you know, our kids go in and they see the goal that they saw for the first time scored and something like that. And some sort of wall, like 
that pretty, is that, look, really I don't know if I don't know if they'll have the space or how to figure out how to do that. But if you can keep that like always for every season, oh, like Chris yeah. said, if I took my daughter or, or son to a game and they got that on May 6th of 2023 yes. and we come back 10 years later, we can go walk to it and be like, that's the one that they that they jackhammered. 10 years ago when we came like that's that's awesome that's an awesome awesome tradition yeah yeah we don't have any traditions cool. yeah everybody <laughs> just everybody just uh brings weed into the stands and smokes out <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's all we do you know i mean Sounds like a blast over there. Yeah, because everybody's no, blasted. It, it, it gets it, it gets rowdy. I don't know. I I I, I do not second that. That's Chris's comments all on his own. I don't, <laughs> I don't second that. Uh, so anyway. let me keep going with the question. So, uh, oh yeah, Mr. Krabs mentions here. I missed the old Columbus Stadium. I remember watching so many USA versus Mexico matches there. And he also adds, why did Columbus change their logo? The old one was better. He I, mentioned, like the, I like the original one with like the three guys. Well, that's yeah. what he mentioned here. I remember the first crew logo with the three construction workers, which yeah. makes sense as crew, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, when he who shall not be named uh, took over the team in 2014, um, we underwent a rebrand. And then we went from Columbus Crew to Columbus Crew SC. Um and then uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with uh, the Save the Crew movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2017, uh, Anthony Precourt, the owner of Austin FC, uh, Grant Wall tweeted out that he was exploring options to move the team to Austin, Texas. Oh, well, so, yeah. Somebody, just co- somebody made that comment earlier. Yeah. So uh, Save the Crew happened. We eventually ended up... Um, Saving our team, they're still here, obviously. Uh, and now the Haslam's, uh, the owners of the Cleveland Browns, and the former team doctor, Dr. Pete Edwards, are now the investor operators of the team. So, nice. in in 2020, uh, when we played, our, I think it was 2020, 2021, uh, they underwent a rebrand uh, to kind of weed out the last remaining parts of the old regime um and went to columbus sc and got rid of the word crew it was just columbus sc uh that happened during a game so all of a sudden it was just oh my gosh you know then they rebranded uh and the old logo had like a white triangle at the bottom corner of it where the 96 Uh is now so now it's columbus crew and that white triangle is gone it's just 96. So to the, the reason that everybody is saying is because they wanted to weed out the old regime of that was his last, like last imprint of, of the team. And we want nothing to do with him anymore. But a lot of people think it's the one thing he got right was the logo. I like all three logos personally, but it was, I, I don't, that- I don't know the, I don't know the second one, but my favorite is the first. I, you see how on the graphic on the bottom, right? I put the newest yeah. one. But I, I thought about putting the original because I like it so much, but I figured I'd keep it, you know. I think all the logos are really nice because they're very clean-looking logos. Yeah. So the old, the, the one before this one was, um, it was a, a circle with uh, nine stripes representing yes. the nine original MLS teams. And then half of it was the black and yellow checker, which is uh, our, like, biggest checkered flag that we have for supporters. Um, and then we had a shield with 96 because that's when we were founded, and right. then Columbus up atop, and then crew SC at the bottom. I'm gonna have to show you a video that I ended up making with the Columbus crew logo that you were just talking about. Uh-oh. Oh, well, we don't have it on right now, but but he, he show you uh, just, uh, on Twitter something. And just to make sure, and I don't want this to be left out in any way, shape, or form, Steve, Steve Munoz chimes in our tradition is puteria and perico now i don't know if you're familiar with the spanish but puteria is very uh promiscuous women and perico is the white lines that never go away (laughs) all right (laughs) 
And Matthew, and Matthew says Columbus history over Cincy history, which I completely agree with. I mean, to, to be fair with Cincy, I mean, they're relatively new, even though they were Whatever. USA. They can eat rocks if they fucking want. Hey, look, I'll I, I choose Columbus over Cincy also, but, you know. Um, all right. So a, any more questions before we get into the prediction time? Oh, did I miss predictions? No, you did not. You did not, Lucas. Predictions right now. So uh, let's start with our guest. Tyler, prediction. Um, I mean, we we're take we're it good. easy, baby. Take <laughs> it easy, Bobby. We're 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 good. Um, I feel for you guys on the win less than six. Um, however, I think with the way that we were playing, um, that loss to Charlotte really woke us up. Uh, I'm gonna go three one Columbus. Oh, you're giving us one? Son. Look, <laughs> let, let me let me help you out here. Let me help you out here. We haven't scored in the last six. We haven't scored all year on the road. And I want to say we haven't scored since like the beginning of last September on the road. So we'll take that as a 3-0 because you didn't know any better. We're not scoring on you. Okay. So, so Tyler, 3-0. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just going to be a consolation goal. That's that's what it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a cha- it's a charity goal. So <laughs> I uh, I actually agree with Ty. I think, but I'm going to give him an extra goal. It's going to be four one. I feel like they're going to destroy us. And you know what I think is going to happen, Danny? And let's see if I call it. Maybe if I call it, you can be able to put it on the next video. Uh, what would be even more sadder than losing? But losing 4-1 and Joseph finally gets his goal. That's what I think is going to happen. Joseph is going to score a goal. No way, because then Neville will come on after the game and he'll be like, oh, that's it. We unlocked him. That's it. We figured it out. Like, oh, we yeah, unlocked him. We, we unlocked just him. opened that's up. The, that's we, it. We just we discovered just the it out. Da Vinci code. We figured it out. We're going to get rolling now. It's now Atlanta next week. He's going to get payback on his old team. No way. Oh, wait, Joseph scoring. <laughs> Can you believe, Tyler, did you know that we came into this season, Joseph had 98 goals. And I remember I thought to myself, I was like, oh, we played two home games to start the year. I hope he does it at home. He still has 98 fucking goals. Okay? He's not scoring 100 into Miami. He's going to score 100 when he goes back to play in Venezuela because he's not scoring two goals this season. Hold on, because we got somebody, <laughs> and this is your first time on here, so – uh los de west palm beach i gotta give you a shout out thank you for joining us 2-1 inner miami drake with 32 saves so apparently spider-man Jesus. is gonna be in the goal in the goal hey no 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 wait, wait. Let, let, no let's help this guy out he thinks that we're playing miami fc that game passed already that game was yesterday we're playing columbus on saturday that that would have been acceptable for the miami fc game prediction this is Columbus. We're playing an actual MLS team <laughs> on the road. We don't score on the road. So just so you know. So well, Matthew says 4-0. And that's Chris, the last time that we played that we played there, 4-0. Yeah. Yep. You said um you said, said 4-1. You said 4-1. Yes. I think I, I want to say 1-0 Columbus wins, but I when you when uh Tyler started talking about all the counterattacking that they do. I think we might get caught out of place when we start getting really aggressive trying to tie the game. We might get caught and uh, we might give up another one. So I'm going to say 2-0 Columbus. Well, and 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 Matthew's out here. It's Cross and Inshallah. Like, and he's 5-8. Like, we got, we got no chance, guys. We got no – guys, just okay, well, hang it up. We're, let, we're let, super cooked here. Let, let me give you some hope. You know how I bring up that we win the least amount of heading duels in the league, right? I've been bring, I've been saying that for a month now. We are no longer yes. the worst team. Orlando's the worst team, okay? Ah, and you know who the fourth guys. worst team for this? The fourth worst team at winning heading duels is actually Columbus. So maybe, maybe those crosses, maybe one of them does work, and maybe we do get one. I don't see how we're going to stop them from outscoring us, but maybe you're right. Maybe we do get one. I don't see it. I'll believe it when I see it. But um, if, if there's a chance to, to <laughs> score on a crossing goal, it's definitely against them. Jihad ball. <laughs> these, these conversations, these conversations. No, they're off the chain. These guys are, are the, the bloodline. They're on they, the they, lifeline they, of this no, show. They're, they're the MVPs of this show. Yes. Um, uh, without them, I look, cannot breathe properly. 
defense is not better than ever, though. Like, this is what I've been saying. The teams let us control the ball, and they don't they don't try to score anymore. They just let us hold the ball. They don't try to score. That's why. That game, who was it that we played two weeks ago, Chris? Not Houston. I forgot the team that we played against two weeks ago. But they were kicking our ass, and then they finally got one in in, like, the 20-something minute. And then the way they looked as aggressive, attacking, and just – taking shots and shots and shots, all of a sudden, they didn't have another shot, I think, the whole game. Not because they didn't want to, but they just played the low block and just let us pass the ball within each other because they knew we couldn't break them down. So I think that those defensive numbers are skewed because teams aren't trying. They get that first goal. Are you talking about Toronto? No, what Toronto was a long time ago. I want to say maybe Uh, it was Cincinnati. uh, Cincinnati, yeah. They They might have been Cincinnati. Yeah, and, And they could have if they wanted to. They could have ran that score up. Because they were on our ass for those first 30 minutes. And all of a yeah. sudden, they took the, fa- the the gas off the pedal and or the pedal off the gas. And then we just held the ball. We did nothing with it. And it was a 1 0. It, it was, it's really rough, man. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, these past couple of weeks, Ty, I don't know if you could tell, they've been very, very <laughs> drastic. And the saving oh. grace, the saving grace is that everybody understands that they kind of just gave up on this roster in hopes of landing Messi in the summer, right? That's why. Because the biggest hole in this team is the fact that we lost Pozuelo, which was our our number 10. He's the one that changed this team around last year. Yeah. And we said, you know what? We can't afford you right now because we're hoping to get Messi in the summer. They didn't say it, but we know that's what it was. And they're still holding on to that. Now, if we don't get Messi, what the hell was the point of all this? Like, I get that that's the big fish, but fuck, man, I, I want to win. I'm tired of watching this crap. So, uh, well, let's uh, no, go ahead, Ty. You had something to say? No, I was, was going to say, I mean, if you want to win, you can always play FIFA. Ah, <laughs> got he. There you go. <laughs> I uh, let's, let's switch it up here. Steve Munoz had a question. Uh, question for Tyler. Favorite food slash dish? Um, are we talking in general or game day? Because if it's game day, it's whatever the press box feeds me. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> in, general, in general, in general. Um, so I'd have to say my favorite food is a dessert that my uncle makes. It's called uh, it's called Butterfinger Pie. Butterfinger it, Pie. That sounds like I'm yeah. gonna take a flight to Columbus. Is what that yeah. sounds like. It's uh, I can't remember what all of, like the like the the dress it's not dressing but it's like uh i can't remember what like the, the dressing of it is but it, it also has red and green grapes and crushed up butterfingers i think it's uh sour cream cool whip and uh with I can't what the other one is. yeah with crushed up butterfinger it's it's banger yeah don't not don't knock it danny you're about to start hating on that i could tell it's, it's how it look on sour your- cream and butterfinger i don't know I, I don't i don't see it i don't see it it's so good yes Wait, I, I, if I get it again, I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you guys a picture of it. It's absolutely. Let's get it. Tyler, you coming down for the Miami game? Uh, when is that again? I don't know, but I'm hoping that you bring some of that pie with you. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I want, when when I get off here, I'll look it up and I'll, I'll make arrangements. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. I'll be down there bringing you some uh, butterfinger pie. Bet we'll, we'll we'll sit together and enjoy the the ass kicking. No, by then we should have Messi. I'm assuming because it should be in the second half of the year. So maybe we'll have some hope. Yeah, or or somebody of of decent of decency <laughs> in the middle. All right, Tyler. So real quick before we get off, go ahead and tell us where you can find you. So you can find me. I'm the host of the Wise Men Say podcast uh, at Wise Men Pod. Uh, and then if you want to find me personally uh, on Twitter at Fisher Tyler, F-I-S-H-E-R, Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R, underscore, underscore, two underscores at the end. God damn. Yeah. Pay attention, write guys. That, write that down. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Pay attention, guys. <laughs> so, and, and Matthew said the pie will be the highlight of my day. So now you might have to come with a couple pallets. You, you, of you're going to have to come to the tailgate with some, with some, yeah. Go ahead. You know Bring what? your uncle Deal. with you. We'll take care you know of you. Deal. We'll, Deal. We'll introduce you to that puteria. All right, Chris. <laughs> anything for the for the for the listener, sir? Hey, I don't know. We got a win yesterday. Hopefully, we don't get a loss this weekend. 
That's all I know. I, I mean, I'm just I'm just saying. I just read the Look, facts. I really think that that uh and yeah, I'm serious. I, I really do think oh. that because we, we come back on Monday. Oh god. Yeah, it's it's it, it's gotta come, Danny. It's gotta all right, it's, that's fine. It, Go ahead. Why while, while you pull it up, come. I really so, do believe that if uh we lose this game against Columbus because we looked so poor against Miami FC and because we had those six losses before that. I really do think that when you and I record again on Monday night at nine o'clock, I really do think we're going to be talking about Phil Neville finally getting the axe, and um, and I will, well, let's see how it goes. And uh, go ahead. So that right. pie will drown out Jihad Neville ball. Let's fucking go, <laughs> right? Let's just do that before I drop my question. So here we got on the screen five pieces of steak and six pieces of toast. So Tyler, okay. you got to pick one of each. And we're gonna start off with the steak. Where are we going here? Um, I'm pro- I'm probably see. All right, when I was growing up, I was a a one guy, uh-huh. but I, I'm 26 now, and I'm more of a, a four. Ooh, okay, okay, all right. And what about the toast? This is this determines whether you're insane clinically or you're a normal <laughs> human being. Uh, well, one is just a piece of bread. Yeah. Um, six is a uh, a charcoal rock. Those are ashes. <laughs> yeah. So I I I say four. Okay, okay. I can work I'm, with four. I'm a four. I'm a I, four I can guy. work with four for sure. Yes, four is where it's at. All right. There you go, well, guys. There's the question. We did it. Got that W, <laughs> just like how we did yesterday, Lucas, on Wu Tang Wednesday. Uh. I gotta catch Ted Lasso too. I missed Ted Lasso Wednesday yes. also. Oh, you missed Ted Lasso. Oh, no spoilers, Ty. Yeah, no spoilers. That's it. That's it, Ty. You're about to get the poop. All right. <laughs> so, you're about to get the poop before Phil Neville, man. All right. So, again, Tyler, we appreciate you taking the time. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we appreciate you and having fun with us and being a good sport with everything. Uh, everybody in the chat, as usual, you guys are the MVPs. You guys make the show awesome. I know it's kind of weird today catching us an hour earlier and a day later, but thank you for those of you that joined. Uh, Chris, as always, thank you for nothing because you were just horrible today. <laughs> and, uh, and if you listened all the way to the end, we appreciate you guys. I will be back on Monday either celebrating a win or celebrating Neville finally being out. One or the other one way, it's a celebration. So it's not we'll catch you guys on Monday. Have a good one.